0: On this episode of A State of Control, we look at the 2019 edition of Crestron Masters. Why do people come? What makes this a can't-miss event? And what should everybody be thinking about for the future? All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV
1: industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This This is Is AV AV Nation. Nation.
0: This is AV
2: Nation.
1: A State of Control. A
0: State of Control, control, episode 57 Earth and Sky.
1: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by. Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support.
0: Welcome to A State of Control, an Aviation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So a few times a year, a State of Control covers an event or industry news. Uh, if you're new to the show, we typically talk about evergreen topics and uh, not not necessarily things that are calendar-based, but today is one of those few episodes that we're going to be talking about, an event that happened uh, a little bit around two weeks ago from this recording, and it was a gathering of over a thousand AV professionals. It was affectionately note, uh, uh, called the uh, Crestron Masters, which is the US edition. Uh, and there is also an edition that is held overseas in this year, I believe that it is in Spain. Um, so with me to talk about this event are three people who not only attended, but were involved in actually delivering some of the content that was at the event. Uh, first off, I'd like to uh, say hi to Dave Hatz, he's a regular here on the show, and, uh, and we're glad for him to join us again on this one. Uh, Dave's from AVI Systems. Welcome, Dave.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. Looking forward to having a great conversation here.
0: Thanks. Glad to glad you can make it. Uh, next, I'd like to welcome uh, Tom McLaughlin. He's from Doble Labs. He's new new to the show, but he's somebody that I've gotten to know over years, uh, both at uh, Crestron events and, and other events like Infocom. And uh, thanks for joining us today, Tom.
1: Thanks, Steve. I'm glad to join. I'm looking forward to some great conversation.
0: And last but not least, somebody that you probably know from uh, their AV Nation episodes, uh, likely AV Week. But more importantly, he's uh, a, a regular and a staple at all Crestron training events. And his name is Kevin Iseli from Crestron. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so we uh, as i mentioned the the this year's event uh, of of Question on masters was was much bigger than years past. It also involved other aspects, not just it, 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 in the past we were it would be a, a gathering of programmers it's grown to include designers and most recently to include technology managers um, Dave, tell me a little bit about what makes restaurant Masters special and, and what, what, what's the draw to make everybody come to it without a doubt every year?
3: So it's, it really is probably one of the most important gatherings, um, you know, certainly for, for our team at AVI. And it's really a few things that make it so. Um, the first being that it really is a great opportunity for you know for our programmers, um, our design engineers, to really not only learn just you know what Crestron has today and how it works and how to how to design, how to program for it, but also to really get a glimpse into the roadmap of where things are going. Um, you know, we've seen tremendous shift in our industry over the last decade, and that's now is probably even more so than ever before um, and so i think you know having an opportunity for our teams to come and learn not just from you know from instructors but from you know individuals like tom and myself who are out there in the field and you know ha- have grown up with crestron but also you know are you know really um, you know can 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 share some of our war stories share some of the the, the real experiences with the products is really valuable. Also, having the technology product managers, those at Crestron who are really, you know, focused on designing both what we have today but also what's coming next. I can't under, understate the you know the, the importance of talking with that group, building relationships to to help our team out, to help our design team out both In terms of knowing what's coming, but also when we have problems or when there might be a product that's a gap that Crestron doesn't offer something, whether it's a feature or a product. There's times where we look, you know, we sit around our table as a team and say, I wish we had a box that did this or a box that did that. And over the years, I can't tell you how many times, three months, six months after Masters, and all of a sudden Crestron has a product announcement, either an enhancement or a new product that fills that gap. Yeah. That's uh, really
1: I chime important. In. Chime in to Dave, that's absolutely discussions that are happening. Uh, so the pain that the industry brings to masters, uh, the pain of the everyday troubles of using Crestron products sort of gets underlined in the conversation during classes so that when the technology managers are there, they hear that pain loud and clear, and that's a great uh, stage to get your voice heard as long as you come at it a, in a constructive fashion and you're sitting there talking with a guy that's doing the presenting and say, hey, how about this? So the, the, the course that me and uh, my cohort here, Gary from Doval Laboratories, we taught. Um, we had the engineer uh, from Crestron there as well. And people would say, well, why did not you do this? Or why did not you do that? Well, of course, uh, when you're a pioneer like Crestron is with their technology, you're gonna do what everybody else does. You're gonna learn as you go. There's nothing wrong with that as long as we keep pushing that ball forward. And Masters is that great stage for the end users or the people in this industry to say, hey, man, this really stinks. This would be a better way to do that. And maybe there's a good reason why they did X, Y, or Z. And a lot of times it's totally by design that it's done X, Y, and Z way. But the other thing is, hey, maybe there's a different way that somebody hasn't thought about. Collecting everybody together in that stage at Masters is literally the best part of Masters. You have people that are all veterans of the industry. You wouldn't have been Crestron certified if you weren't even in this industry for, what, less than three years? I mean, you have to be at least vested in for a couple, you know, uh, uh, continuing education classes to even be eligible to take your master's certification at this point. So you have mostly industry veterans that can share good ideas or at least life experience ideas of better ways to push the envelope for our industry, and that's where master's really sets up a great stage for
0: that so kevin i'll bring you into the conversation from the other side um, what value does crestron get out of masters uh, obviously i'm sure there's a certain amount of training that needs to be uh, delivered to to the audience and make sure that that uh, the the those using crestron products are up to date and 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 experienced and knowledgeable about the best ways of using them but is it true that Crestron also gets a lot of value out of the feedback?
2: Oh absolutely. Uh, I, just to you know mirror what uh, both Dave and Tom said uh, Masters for us is is, is pinnacle because as uh, as we get to hang out and uh, spend time with you know the, the, the elite if you will or the pioneers and the, the, the folks that have been in with us and programming with us for all these years, the feedback is tremendous uh, and you know as Tom was saying, <clears throat> there's, there's things that our, our TMs and the, and the, the engineers do, um, for let's say, make a decision for the benefit of the user experience um, that sometimes doesn't always show up front and why we made those decisions and how things work. This gives us a chance to kind of uh, dive deep with you guys to, to explain these things <clears throat> and get your feedback on and, and see if there's any changes we can make, or as Dave said, a product we could develop to to fill that gap, um, you know, because everybody wants us to make everything. And if you make everything, all of a sudden you you don't know how to put pieces together because there's so many bits and pieces. So the, on the integration side, it's definitely from a manufacturer's perspective, it is it is absolutely priceless. Uh, the three days that we get to spend with you guys, just to you know hear your thoughts, hear hear what your what your uh, viewpoints of how the technology is used. And how you want to use it and how you want to deploy it and what things we can do to make that easier for you it's like i said it's it's priceless for us
0: so tom i'll come back to you um we, we talked about the these conversations and and the these uh the newer editions of masters that you we've been all going to this for quite some time have included other dynamics like designers and technology managers as i mentioned in the open how much value is there in having that type of community also present?
1: I I think that's a big plus. Um, The MTA program started last year and uh, we actually brought a couple of our uh, guys that are in the engineering group. Uh, One of the themes of the panel discussion with Danny Forrester, uh, who's from the architect perspective, um, is uh, how it always gets lost in translation, the vision and what you're trying to sell as as a solution versus just putting boxes uh, what box fixes X problem as opposed to talking about an experience and end result and uh, it was almost comical because I was drawn to Danny uh, To say like on my job sites the architect is the one everybody's laughing at saying what was he thinking here? And what was he thinking there because that vision never ever gets articulated down to the end stages? And so when we start bringing in the the design engineer type folks at masters they can hear from it that you know um, some people subscribe to I just program, but we all know that every guy who actually can write code is also doing 15 other things. They're making sure that the design is accurate, they're making sure that what was sold is even something feasible based on the dollars of the project, they're based on, um, you know, they might be writing audio DSP stuff or all these other facets of the hat that you need to wear, you need to be able to take what that original vision for the solution all the way down to the end. So I think it's a big plus. Um, You know, and and I will criticize and um, give kudos to Crestron and the fact that it's got to be, there is a marketing element here, right? So the goal is to sell stuff. Crestron is a manufacturer, they sell stuff, they sell products that they make. And when you go to Masters, you get the back behind the scenes thing of why they sold it. Crestron has to be selfish as a manufacturer when you're in charge of leading the industry like they do with so much uh, innovation. You have, to be, um, you, know, you have to be selfish and say, well, we're going to do this product because we have some big customer that has a use case for it. But by the way, if the rest of the industry can harness that and sell it themselves, that's a good thing for Crestron. But the same thing applies to us as an integrator or to uh, independent programmers. Um, you have to figure out what your value add is in that equation. And just you know, being the project manager, being the designer, being the programmer, those all go into what value add you offer to your to your company so that you can make more profits obviously, but also to what you 're helping the industry grow so absolutely a good thing
0: so dave i 'll kind of jump over to you um, and and not not to put you on the spot but what do you think um, what, what do you think can, can be uh, improved or, or where, where, where do you think that that this event is going and, and how, do, how do you see um, uh, more, more value being provided in, in something like this? Sure. Well, I think, you know, again, you know, Tom and myself and even Kevin
3: have both been, you know, have all been going to this event for many, many years. And we've seen it evolve over those years. You know, as in some of the very early sessions, we sit around today and still reminisce about how wonderful it was to have 30 people in a room and You know, 30 of the top industry people around the room and, you know, just we we really glamorize how great it was. And then we get all, you know, all curmudgeon about how this event is, you know, never going to be the same and all that. And some of that's true. But at the same time, there's a lot of great things that have have really, you know, evolved over the last few years with Masters. Bringing the MTA track on is one of them. You know, we look at if we, you know, if we want to get, have the designs for us as programmers right, well... We need to elevate the education for the design community. I think, you know, in the last few years, we've seen it, and we're going to continue to see that the options for depth of knowledge really continue to grow. This year, there really was a focus on creating content down at the 100 level for the individual who's new to Crestron or new to being certified, all the way up to the 500 level for that, that person who's an old hat at the basics, but really, you know, still has, you know, a lot of opportunity for growth. And I think that's going to continue to really be an emphasis because as we sit and reminisce about those, the old days of masters, one of the things we always pick out, you know, we'll pick out one topic that was the most meaningful class of our entire career 10 years ago. Well, I know Crestron and talking with Rich Sassan and team, they've really taken to heart that that message is something that we need to find a way to give to every other attendee of masters. And I've already heard it, so I don't need that class. Others who are newer to Crestron, they could still benefit from that. And so I think as as the, the breadth of courses continues to grow, both you know both horizontally and vertically, I think there's there's really a tremendous amount of opportunity to really str- to continue to strengthen, um, you know all the you know you know every attendee's you know personal learning plan. So that I'm not sitting in the same class I've had five years in a row. I'm he- having new content. But somebody who's new can get that class that I had last year or that class that five years ago that really was a fundamental building block of my understanding that I have now across the entire breadth of everything Crestron has.
0: So, Kevin, kind of take us under the hood a little bit. Tell us what goes into planning this type of event and and also what goes into selecting some of the content that's provided.
2: Uh, a lot of darts and alcohol. Uh, no, um, there's a, there. It's a tr- it's a tremendously long process. I mean, we look at uh, we look at the state of what the industry is doing, what we're doing. Um, a masters, of course, always being what we consider our continuing education for programmers. Uh, we need to, of course, keep up with material, uh, you know, new things that we're developing, not only from the control platform, but even from the uh, product platforms. Um, and how we can get those to market. Um, the, you know the one thing that I want to say about the MTA this year or the these past two years, uh, there was a goal, right? Um, MTA and where we were headed with this was to provide conduit, right? And that was between um, the folks that definitely, you know, like Tom and Dave here, for example, these gentlemen have spent days, months, you know, years of their time. Uh, not only in our classrooms and and be, you know being exceptional that they are in the code world, but they also understand as as uh, Tom was saying, they're also part in in part checking the design and making sure that the technology, uh, how the let's say the designer's intention is even a possibility. Uh, they're so often because I came from the design community before I came to Crestron. Um, I re- often refer to it now as um, television tech, right? somebody watches something on TV that is completely fictitious and oh, next thing you know, there it is being described as a feature in a job set, and it's not really something that uh, that was really laid out as, hey, this is what we could do with today's technology. Um, we started the MTA as to kind of bridge that conduit between the designers and the guys like Dave and Tom that got to make it happen, and even you, Steve, because I know you're a coder. Like, when you look at some of these things that happen, you go, that's not even possible, Right. How do we get that conversation even to start so that the designs can meet not only the expectations of the end user, but it can also be something that you as programmers and integrators can do effectively and efficiently and not, you not know, make it a, such a trial and tribulation. But where are we going? Um, we're, we're, gonna tenu- we're gonna try to continue to grow, obviously. Um, I think you're gonna see more um, communication between you know, designer uh, community and program integration community. Um, I've actually got a meeting coming up in a couple of weeks to to discuss, let's say, parity of not only when you leave the CTI in-house environment uh, getting to masters, but even just even for the MTA groups, uh, we're talking about how do we how do we qualify. And get a uh, a baseline experience so that everybody coming in can now have those conversations. Uh, so we're we're getting ready to do that. Uh, but to to answer your question, it it is a it's a tremendous effort. We we basically started doing um, write ups, outlines, as well as topic discussions. Uh, we had those, gosh, seven months ago, um, where we had just basic understandings of what the structure was going to be, where we we're going to go, what the class contents were going to be. And then we started dividing them up uh, into those as, as kind of Dave gave insight to with the 100, 200, all the way up to 500 level. Uh, and then we just, uh, we kind of develop our teams, our SMEs, and get our, our uh, technology managers, product line managers, all the engineers as, uh, you know, folks that we can then build the content and, and make sure that it's uh, viable messaging for everyone.
1: Yeah, and just to add to what Kevin's saying, um, you know, not and back to Dave too. Um, not every class is for everybody, and and I get it that some people it's a refresh, or sometimes you get the exact same class again. I've heard, you know, you hear in the networking conversations a lot of different takes on people's classes, and um, you know, I, I know Dave puts a lot of effort in his class. Gary and I put a lot of effort into the class that we present. Um, And you learn when you have to present, obviously you learn your subject matter really well, but you, we, we, every presenter uh, at master's sits down and says to themselves, what am I, what am I giving to my audience for their 90 minutes or in the case of the double classes, three and a half hours, what are they coming out of this with? And, um, you know, talking to Rich Stasson, you know, he, the discussion is we'll try to teach to the middle of the class. Well, If you're in a 400 session or a 200 session, that's a hard target. Sometimes you got to start and just say, "Okay, look, I'm talk. I might be talking to you guys where I'm talking way below what you're at, but this may you may get a nugget of information that may save you some time, maybe not. We're going to spend 20 minutes going through that before I get into the meat and potatoes of things, and it just really, uh, you know, the goal as everybody presents is to try to get, um, you know, somebody to every person in that class to take away something that'll save them time when they get out on the field with whatever that subject that you're presenting to. So, and we all, you know, everybody puts a lot of effort into that and I know Kevin, you know, you hearing about just like laying everything out, we're in the same boat, we're trying to get everybody the the price they paid for it's their time, and that's a big thing for everybody just to drop all the programmer guys, you know, that's usually highly compensated employees. Some of these uh, organizations I know, Doble, Uh, We have five people we send, plus we sent two MTAs. That's a lot of uh, um, obligation or commitment that um, companies are putting towards that week spent. So we wouldn't do it if we weren't thinking that people were getting a lot out of their time. Right. Yeah,
2: and that's – honestly, Tom, that's sorry, – sorry, Dave. Uh, well, that's one of the things on our topic of discussion for our meeting in a couple of weeks is that um, you're absolutely right. You always try to teach to the middle. The challenge with that is that that is still a very diverse audience in a lot of cases. Um, we want to kind of polish that experience out so that each one of those, let's say 100, 200, 300, 400, even 500 level classes, that the appropriate audience is there. Uh, I like, I like to call it the first timers. If this is your first masters, you have to do this track, right? You have to do these things. This gives you the opportunity, like, you know, you guys that have been there for, you know, since the impetus, that's stuff that you don't, you already have in your toolbox. You don't need to, you know, spend the time there. Um, Once we get that kind of shape and get that engine kind of moving, I think it's going to, it'll just help us. It'll help you guys. It'll help everybody get the most out of the, uh, the, the experience that is masters uh, moving forward as well.
1: Dave you were going to say
3: something? Well actually I was going to ask Steve. I wanted to see, you know, Steve your perspective as a business owner. You know, you you manage a team of, you know, of of programmers. How do you justify having your entire staff basically off the books for, you know, almost a week, you know, to an event, to, you know, a specific manufacturers event.
0: So uh, it's a good question. Thanks for for uh, putting that out there. The uh you know, so so what uh, an event like Crash Round Masters has really become a lot more valuable and and more of a more passion more, uh, more more of a focus let's say to programmers on my team than something like infocom let's say you know they, they this is where they can go be amongst their people and be and be involved in, in a community and 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 gain from all the different ways that you guys uh, explained and and you know every year we, we step back and we evaluate it and, and of course there's cost involved and of course we have to uh, more importantly be be upfront with our clients and let them know that we're going to have limited availability that week. You know, fortunately, I think as it's become an annual thing and as it's grown, it's been a lot, a little easier to deal with the uh, unavailable side of it. Um, the cost side of it, 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 it's, it's, it's definitely tough, but you have to look at it and, and weigh the quality of what you're getting out of it versus what you're investing. And, and, um, I think we, we we try to do a debrief at the end of every masters, and we say what did we take away from this? What are we going to act upon so that at least I can point to something and say we didn't just go there to have a good time, which is it's just cool too. Uh, but you know, we we, we definitely want to be able to say that these are some things that we learned, and and what are we going to do with them moving forward?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's one one of the things we've done as a team, too, is very similar to that. And, you know, we don't sit down and say, okay, you have to go to this session, you have to go to that session. But we do sit down and try to go through afterwards of, okay, in the sessions, you know, what did you learn, you know, and share it with the group. Again, to get that knowledge out to a wider audience. And And sure, after the event, you know, the, the recordings of a lot of the sessions are made available. The presentations are made available. So there's even you know further opportunity afterwards. Sometimes to pick up on some of the nuggets where you hear something was good and you missed. But I think that that you know in my mind that sharing the knowledge and you know not just taking it and keeping it yourself, but really sharing it with your organization, is one of the most valuable pieces of it. So,
2: and and
1: yeah, we- just to chime in, uh, Doble just did ours today because we finally had all of our programmers available this morning. And we've noticed a little bit of a uh, two-sided equation to when you're at master's. Um, There are simple Windows programmers classes that everybody in those classes are very centric on the old school way of programming versus the Shark Pro. So because I taught, the only classes I took were simple Shark Pro and VC4, which are the, you know, you're gonna be in a visual studio environment programming the whole time compared to the guys programming in simple Windows-based classes. It was really interesting to see the perspectives from both ranges. And, um, you know, even the veteran guys at Crestron, I know some of the ATSG guys that have been there for years, they're, they're in the same boat of getting ramped up. How much return on investment is it for us as a company to go to a simple Shark Pro only world? Or, uh, you know, obviously we have, you know, Doble uh, has 20, 30 years of simple Windows programs literally running around there uh, how do you support that? How do you keep all those different sides of the world going and, and have it supported by all the people on your staff? It's a pretty big change. And it was interesting just to see the, the differences of the different classes that I, that I took and taught versus the ones I was attending. And it was just interesting.
0: So in the last few minutes that we have, I just wanted to get, and I'll start with you, Tom. Uh, you, you mentioned that, that you're that you are instructing, and that that's because you and Dave are at a diamond level, and, and that's one of the, the, the stipulations of becoming at the highest level of uh, Crestron Master's Programmer. What would you feel you would want to teach on next year if you had uh, you know the the full reign?
1: Um, What I'd want to teach actually is this, um, I've taught the same course two years in a row, and it's evolving and it's something that I'm uh, now having a couple years under my belt with the subject material. I feel like I'm helping a little bit more. Um, I taught some classes and it was just like, Rich always assigns you stuff that you know nothing about, and I think we're getting something going on uh, the Crestron Certified Drivers Program. Um, And so I probably would want to teach that again. And I'm not fluent in some of the um, simple sharp stuff that I would be good in. I would feel comfortable uh, diving deep into that. Um, But it's definitely something that, you know, that's sort of the trial of when you're diamond, you have to do, you know, if if you got through platinum test and you got through the gold and silver test, presenting is a whole other fashion of a skill set that a programmer needs. Um, Most people can program, but then when you get in front of a customer, can you articulate well? Can you do needs analysis? Do you have that other skill set? And I hear a lot of people talk about when you go to Diamond, is it even worth doing? It's absolutely worth doing. I will say it's a fairly large time commitment. Um, You know, When you take a platinum test or gold test, it's a certain amount of hours that you have to put into it to get that level, Um, but I I definitely learn. And uh, getting behind the scenes at Masters, being part of the Diamond panel, seeing different perspective of the engineers is absolutely a plus. For me, as an individual, and I know Gary, who also is diamond at Doble, he gets a lot out of it too. So, uh, I would say restaurant certified drivers is a short answer.
0: That's great, yeah. uh, Dave. Same question to you.
1: Uh, that's
3: I, I I I don't like the question at all because I want to teach it all. I mean, I, I I I love just I mean, there's so many areas of it that you know you know I think Tom hit the nail on the head that you know when they're when the, when Rich is looking at a, you know you know figuring out who's going to teach what class for the diamond programmers it really is a focus on what's a little outside your wheelhouse this isn't just a shoe in of hey go go teach something you know off the cuff it's to make us work and it's a fun challenge quite honestly because it, it's what helps keep us in our skills honed and so you know i'm going to play the non-committal role on this one and i'm going to say you know i'll teach whatever they whatever they throw at me Big asterisks, unless it's too, you know, too bad, and then I'm going to talk to Rich and say, "Hey, Rich, let's p- pare it down." But, but no, I, I look forward to any of it.
0: Kevin's taking notes here, just just to let you know. That's
3: what I—that's what I was afraid of. So,
0: <laughs> and uh, so so last lastly, I'm going to wrap up with you, Kevin. I um, one of the highlights I thought of masters was learning about networking, and I know that that was a focus of the instruction that you had, and and the part one of the parts that you played in the event, because I think that the way the industry is going, we've we've been talking about IT and AV, but but we're we're really. In it now, especially with NVX, and I'm sure it's it's going to be growing moving forward. Um, how should programmers become get get themselves ready for for this shift? And I know that you're also involved in, in doing some some future training on the networking side that maybe you can share.
2: Yeah, so um, great point. Um, gosh, it was a couple of years ago. I was uh, in Fred's office, uh, Fred Bargetti, and um, I was. Basically, we were talking about a class for NVX and how do we how do we handle this uh, merger onto IP video. Uh, and I, I kind of told him, I said, you know, we we really don't need a class on NVX. You know, it's it's kind of a, a pretty set and forget technology. It's like everything you really need to know about NVX I can teach you in in a 10 minute video. I said, what I see more of and what we're actually um, do- what we have documented is. The number of cases that are handled today, not only in ATSG, but in Tier 2, is uh, when it comes to NVX, it's 90, well over 90% of it is about network configuration and uh, making sure that that environment's ready. So kind of to answer your question or uh, to make the statement, uh, about a, well, not quite a year ago, um, about nine months ago, um, I got to go ahead to start up a, um, a new series of Crestron classes, uh, which we call Crestron Network Solutions, right? Uh, so what we're going to get ready to launch is what we call uh, Crestron Network Solutions for uh, Design Implementation. So if I'm in the consultant world, let's say our MTA track we will teach you kind of the components of a network, how those components go together, and what the Crestron technologies and what we offer, what you have to be mindful of when putting those network pieces together. Like, and some of it isn't even ours. For example, Dante, and how do I do Dante on a network uh, and make the, make sure that I've got all my appropriations for that. Uh, not only in the, from the design aspect, but we'll go fur- further in a moment, I'll explain. So Dante, if we're doing, uh, you know, Flex, uh, anything that's SIP, our Fusion, uh, VC4, Everything that's all network centric, including security, we're gonna address those things and what a designer needs to know when designing a network and specifying a network uh, for AV technology that we know today, and not even today, but tomorrow. Uh, From there, we'll take it a step further. Uh, We'll offer another course, uh, which is CNSA, uh, and in here, we're talking about the administration. Once you have this network design, or your designer's gone out and and taken care of that environment for you, just like programming, these boxes don't come pre-configured to do all of those cool things, right? You know, so like subnetting and VLAN segmentations and everything you need to do on the network, uh, multicast settings, everything that the AV is going to require for, as we call it, good husbandry and healthy network uh, communication, we're gonna teach those things. Uh, so we're talking basically about a, a multi-day class that has nothing to do with restaurant. It's gonna be completely focused on the network that you want uh, you want survivability on. Uh, and then finally from there we're, and I should say finally uh, my third class in that in that arena is uh, what we're calling the the CNSE. So if you're familiar with DM right the whole DMC track that we made, I've kind of replicated that in a networking side. The last class the the CNSE is going to take that skill set of network administration and then finish it off with uh, troubleshooting. And troubleshooting once the let's say the AV technology is present. So for, let's say to the programmer side, the A and the P or the A and the E would be a great uh, a great opportunity to understand what you're doing, um, what the network requires to do that, and then how to troubleshoot when you push that button and the IR doesn't go squirt. How do we how do we find out uh, you know where that challenge is and and how do we debug it? So that's future coming for us. Like I said, I've got uh, one of them, the first class is ready to go. We're just waiting for approvals from, of course, the uh, the man in the corner.
0: Excellent. Look, looking forward to that. And I'm sure that that's going to be something that'll be on the radar for a lot of programmers. So that'll be that'll do it for today for the show. I'd like to thank all the guests for joining us today. First, I'd like to start off with Dave Hatz from AVI Systems. Dave, how can people get in touch with you learn more about what AVI is doing?
3: The uh, best way to find is avisystems.com, um, has, you know, you'll find details about what we offer as an integrator as well as upcoming events we have coming up in May here. Um, we've got two regional events and then also we're going to be at Infocom, so plan to come by and see us, see all the great things we've got going on at AVI. Uh, for myself, I lurk out on the Twitters occasionally, Dave hats AVI, um, on LinkedIn, you know, but more importantly just avisystems.com.
0: Thanks. And next, uh, Kevin Iselli, thanks for being with us today. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about Crestron?
2: Uh, Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate it. Uh, Of course, Crestron.com, the website. You can reach me at K that's K-I-S-E-L-L-I at Crestron.com. Please drop us a line, let us know, uh, you know, how can we help you? Uh, I'm kind of on the Twitters at Crestron Kevin, but uh, usually it's more of a uh, hit me on an email or hit me on a text and I'll be more than happy to jump in there
0: wonderful and last but not least Tom McLaughlin from doble labs how can people get in touch with you learn more about doble
1: all right uh, our company website is just doble.com and my email address is short and sweet because I've been here forever it's just Tom at doblecom so feel free to give me a, a shout out anytime
0: thanks I'm glad you were able to join us today uh, my name is Steve Greenbott. I've been your host I can be reached on social media at Steve Greenblatt or my company Control Concepts. Be reached at controlconcepts.net. Uh, most importantly, check out AV Nation on at, at, at AVNation.tv to get more about this show and other shows that are in the lineup. And while you're at the website, be sure to check out the supporters who support this show and all the others. Um, as uh, Dave mentioned, Infocom is around the corner by the time this is being published, so be sure to check out Aviation Nation. There's going to be a tweet up on Wednesday, June 12th, and you can register for that on at avnation.tv. M- many of the hosts on Aviation Nation will be there, as well as Tim Albright, and probably everybody on this, sh- this podcast, and uh, we'd love to see you in person and say hi and hear your feedback on the show. Um, I will be teaching a class at uh, Infocom on programming versus configuring. That might be an interest to this audience. It's going to be on Wednesday morning, I believe, at nine thirty. That's June twelfth. So, uh, with that said, please uh, leave us a, a review as well, if if you can, to let us know if there's anything that you want to hear from the show and. Uh, I couldn't have a a state of control show without having a shout out to Uncle Richie. He couldn't join us today, but he's on a well-deserved vacation and will be with us on the next one. So that'll do it for today for A State of Control.